2: Um, I would like to call this meeting to order uh, at 4.03 this afternoon. I'd like to thank everyone uh, for joining us. And first to start, uh, Denise, if you don't mind uh, going around and doing the roll call uh, for the commission, that would be great. And by the way, before we do start this, I do ask that anyone not presently speaking uh, or giving a presentation that they do their best to mute uh, if not speaking, thank you very much, and we'll continue with the roll call.
1: Good afternoon, Commissioner Poster, Commissioner Hawkins, Chair Damon, Commissioner Solomon,
3: uh, Matthew Solomon, Ann Arbor, Washtenaw County, USA. Thank you.
2: Pardon, and this is Chairman Damon. I was a bit delayed. Zach Damon, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Chairman. Thank you.
1: Commissioner Mozak.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Kathleen Mozak. I am a commissioner and I'm in Ann Arbor, Michigan.
1: Commissioner, uh, Vice Chair, Robert
4: Keeler. Oh, yep, yeah. Larry Keeler, Vice Chair, calling from my famous recliner in Ann Arbor.
1: Commissioner Gossage. Good afternoon, everyone. Alex Gossage, Commissioner, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Councilmember Nelson.
5: Elizabeth Nelson, Council Liaison. I'm calling in from the City of Ann Arbor.
1: Commissioner Budden.
5: Not present.
1: Commissioner Christiana
6: Allen Pipkin will not be with us tonight. She was in a pedestrian accident, so
1: she will not be attending.
2: Thank you, and our thoughts not go good.
1: to uh, Commissioner Alan Pipkin. Thank you. So we don't have a quorum yet. Do you want to start?
2: Uh, well, we're not necessarily able to um, approve uh, any of the items if we don't have a quorum. So, uh, Denise, just if you don't mind just keeping an eye on that and letting sure. us know. Uh, When we do have a quorum, then we can go up to uh, the voting and approval items um, for the previous months. Um, So I guess to be conducive of everyone's time, um, I would like to move down uh, to the special presentations uh, portion uh, of the agenda at this time, as that does not require uh, any vote at this time. So... Uh, to introduce our special presentations, uh, to kick it off. Uh, I am glad to welcome, uh, and pardon me if I butchered the last name Jada, but Jada Halbrook, of the Downtown Development Authority and Parking Manager. And they'll be talking about the curb management study. So thank you, Ms. Halbrook, for being with us this afternoon.
7: Thank you. We appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today Um, I'm gonna provide a brief introduction and then turn it over to our project team members, um, Jim and Christy from Walker Consultants. Um, Generally, I believe um, when you have heard from the DDA before, it's maybe been my colleague, Amber, um, visiting with you and talking about some of our TIF projects. Um, We like to think about um, the DDA as two systems. A tip system and a parking system, both working in support of that DDA mission and as far back as 2019 DDA staff recognized that curb use within the downtown area was changing and demand was increasing. Um, At that time, many communities had begun work to address changing needs at the curb and to be ready to adapt to future needs. So we envisioned a curb management study that would build on the work of um, the downtown street design manual and other city um, plans and policies that would allow us to manage curb use in a more equitable and informed way. We wanted a study that emphasized our goals um, to guide curb management and programming decisions, particularly as it relates to commercial delivery and loading, TNC pickup and drop off, and recognizing parking for cars, bikes, and motorcycles. So COVID and the related revenue impacts in the parking system meant that we had to delay our project for a bit, but we're pleased to be underway with it now. And what we'll be sharing with you today is just a high level look at what we plan on um, accomplishing and, and learning with this study. Next slide, Jim. Thank you. So the DDA manages downtown parking based on a parking agreement between the city and DDA. Um, this management includes the off street uh, structures and lots, as well as curb and metered space within the parking area. And parking enforcement is managed by the city. Next slide. So it's difficult to share our boundary map on a Zoom call, but um I wanted just to kind of remind you that um, there's a DDA boundary within the core downtown area and then there's um what we call a parking area that was established as part of the city DDA parking agreement that extends outside of the DDA boundaries especially um, to the north a little bit and then south um, as well next slide
1: We manage
7: parking, our parking system in support of GDA goals and principles and those come from our renewal plan and also we weave in um, city goals, especially around um, sustainability and um, responsiveness towards infrastructure elements.
1: Next slide.
7: So the fiscal year 23 budget anticipates parking revenue coming in at just under 18 million. And I've included on this slide, an example of some of the things that we spend those funds on Um, included are required elements like operations, debt payments, and the 20% to the city. We also invest in the longevity of these important city assets through a robust maintenance and restoration program. And additionally, we use parking revenue to support the Get Downtown program and special events and to fund the Go paths for downtown employees. So um, now I'll turn it over to Jim and Chrissy to continue the presentation and talk a little bit more about our curb Management Study.
8: Thank you, Jada. Appreciate the introduction there. Um, again, for those on the call, name is Jim Corbett. I am uh, Walker Consultants Planning, Operations, and Technology Director uh, with the municipal lead um, across the states based currently in the southeast of U.S. Uh, I have the privilege of having Chrissy Mancini Nichols join me today on the call. Chrissy is our national lead for curb management and new mobility uh, for the firm across the country as well, and Chris, speak here in, in a short while but just from a brief introduction here, this was a very similar presentation that we just recently gave to the DDA board a couple of weeks ago, and we've been—we didn't want to change the presentation because certainly this is a from an informational standpoint, it's very high level of what we're doing in regards to the project here in Ann Arbor. Uh, one second here. Ooh. There we go. Okay, a little bit about our team here. Uh, as I mentioned, myself and Chris, are the two leads here, we are the national We are a national firm with local office in Ann Arbor. Uh, Rick Klein, of course, leads our office um, on Avis Drive right in town as well. Um, and we've got a number of different specialists that work with us um, on various curb management projects around the country. You can see the various Walker folks uh, listed in the org chart in the third and fourth lines there. But I really wanted to call out some of our local mobility partners that we've um, embraced to to execute this project for us here. We're working with the IBI group uh, based in South Michigan. Uh, They were able to already complete a digital curb inventory practice and we have that completed today. So everything about the call of your signs, your curb cuts, everything in that nature has all been recorded digitally. We also are partnering with Collaborative right in Ann Arbor. Uh, they specialize in bike lane and transit as well. And to assist with our stakeholder and public outreach, we have Beckett and Raider, an local firm based right in Ann Arbor. So I guess what's mostly about us is that, you know, we've certainly got some national experts involved in here, but we want to blend that very carefully and conservatively with our local expertise in town as well. So let me turn it over to Chrissy a little bit and let her talk about some of the work we've done already prior to Ann Arbor, as well as a little more detail about what we're we're going to be doing with the Ann Arbor project.
9: Thanks, Jim. Hi, everyone. Um, Again, my name is Chrissy Mancini. I'm uh, Walker's National Director for Curve Management and, and New Mobility, and we're excited to partner with Jada and the DDA on this study. We've done so much work on curb management. You know, we used to do parking studies and now there's so much more demand on the curb that we really look at curb management studies. And at Walker, we've been, we've had a research and development study that we've been working on for over four years to work with cities on collecting curb use data. So millions of data points on how the curbs are being used from commercial freight, Uber and Lyft, parking, um, delivery, you know, lots of different uses of the curb. And and what that looks like today, you know, beyond just parking private vehicles, we're piloting smart loading zones, looking at all the policies and structures and agreements and technology that goes into this future digital curb. Um, So we're bringing all these resources to this, um, to the curb management study. Next slide. So we want to walk through the project plan, Um, and it's really building on all the great work that uh, the Downtown Development Authority has already done around people-friendly streets. Um, There's also the street design manual. There's been lots of public um, and community outreach already and stakeholder outreach, so we're building, taking those learnings and building on that outreach, and then we'll walk through some of the other tasks that we will be working on over the course of the next few months. Next slide. So we're having, um, you know, like I said, there's been a lot of great outreach already done. You know, we know that there's been support for people-friendly streets, bike lanes. We know there's support for commercial delivery um, locations. Uh, We know we need to engage other groups, um, which, you know, we're doing today with you to learn um, specifically about challenges you're facing with access to the curb. Um, And we'll be working over the next few months with uh, more specific outreach um, activities as we develop pilots. We're right now analyzing data, which we'll talk about, but eventually we'll be working on um, pilot programs and we'll be working with the state quarters and local businesses to conduct those pilots. Next slide. Um, as Jim said, we did collect, conduct a curb inventory, so the entire curb has been digitized, which is great because in the future, you know, as the um, curb is updated and as regulations will change, that will all be in a digital inventory and easy to speak with, you know, operators who are also you know, looking at how this, the the curbs are planned. Uh, We also are collecting curb use activity data in Carytown, on Liberty Street, on South Use. so, you know, we are collecting data over the course of the week, all day long and into the evening, to really know, like, those quick pickups and drop-offs, lots of commercial activity, you know, how is that happening, where are the hot spots, um, and we're analyzing that data now and should be ready by the end of the month.
1: Next slide. We're also conducting an
9: existing conditions analysis looking at you know origin and destinations and how people um, have access to the curb hotspots downtown within the various communities throughout the city. You know, are there definitely different ways to access downtown beyond parking, such as biking, walking, transit? Um, what are just all the different options? Um and in in terms of accessible spaces you know what does accessibility look like downtown are there enough accessible spaces and that's what we want your input on as well to understand are um, ADA spaces in the right locations do we need more Um, what does that look like next slide we'll also conduct a pricing analysis to look at long term you know are parking rates in line for Um, future financial feasibility? Do we need to charge for other types of curb access? Um, So that will all be done in analysis in terms of our equity analysis and pricing analysis. Next slide. And then we will also be conducting some curb management pilots. Like I said, we're collecting data. We've um, already collected data in Kerrytown and on Liberty Street. We're collecting data on South U, and then we're um, once we have that analysis, we'll determine where do we want to conduct some pilots, and what should those pilots be? Should they be commercial delivery pilots, passenger loading zones, um, you know? And so we will, as we conduct the pilots, obviously have a um, com- like more outreach with the communities in those locations so that they can be effectively run and managed, and we can collect great right data. Next slide. And then in the end, we'll create a toolkit because curb management is a great term, but there's lots of operationalizing to curb management. There are many steps that the city, the DTA, DDA, the community um, developers all need to take to understand how do you change a curb? What is the new regulation? You know, what does that look like? So we'll have a very clear toolkit um, that You know you can read and understand you know it's not going to be a lot of jargon in 100 pages it'll be a nice graphically depicted toolkit going forward for how to operationalize the curb management plan next slide
1: and then finally
9: we'll have a curbside plan you know we'll develop type curb typologies based on land use we'll have look at equity, um, like I mentioned equity in terms of how people have access to the curb versus um, you know, different areas of the community and, and what um, demographics or income looks like. We'll look at equity at the curb in terms of, you know are there enough spaces for commercial delivery or ADA or you know, bike lanes, um, you know, that, in, that type of equity, the curb mode equity. And we'll develop a final plan based on all that input and analysis.
1: So, with that, we will
9: open it up for questions.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much, Chrissy and folks. I would just like to say that you know, for time, I'd like to limit it to three or four questions at this time. And then, if there are any additional questions uh, moving forward, uh, that the commission have permission to uh, reach out either to you, Chrissy, or to you, Jada, in terms of you know further questions uh, regarding this.
7: Certainly, I can share my email. Um, with you, Zach or Denise and happy to take, um, you know, written questions after this. Absolutely.
2: Wonderful. Thank you. And, uh, Denise, I believe we have our, uh, first question. If you do have a question and you'd like to uh, ask that within the time frame at this time, please feel free to raise your hand. And it looks like, uh, Denise commissioner Solomon has his hand raised. Yes, he does. Hi, uh, thanks for that, uh,
3: presentation. I think i made my way through some of the buzzwords to get at the core uh, of your idea here. Uh, One question I specifically have is around the kind of next to last image you showed uh, about bicycles. And there's been a tremendous emphasis on this community on bicycles. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm not speaking for the commission, speaking only for myself that is a ableist mode of transportation and to see it get so privileged in this community time and time again is troubling and i don't know if that is really being thought about when these plans are being made so i wanted to flag that also very curious about the data about handicapped disabled parking whether you know what data shows about whether or not that's sufficient whether or not it's placed strategically for the best uh, use of the disabled community. So those are really two questions.
7: Sure, so I'll I'll get started and Jim and Chrissy, feel free to, to help me out. But um, Matt, as far as the bike lane, so we are not, um, this study won't answer that question. So when um, planning is done through other city and DDA projects that um, helps make those decisions about where bike lanes are placed. Um, what we're focusing on is when they say, okay, this is for, um, something other than bike lanes, this is for parking and loading, how we divide up that curb space between, you know, kind of those uses that Chrissy mentioned, but your comment is a good one. And I'll share that with my colleagues here at the DDA, because along with um, the city, we do a lot of bike infrastructure work. So that's good to hear. I will share that with them for sure. And um, your second question was about the accessible spaces. And what we at the DDA asked um, Walker to help us understand is, you know, how are other committees or communities making decisions about where they place the spaces? We want to make sure, um, you know, is end of the block near a curb cut the best option. Um, If it's, if there's a lot of slope at the end of the block there, you know, how do we make it uh, functional in the middle of the block? So those are the kinds of things that we'll be learning from this and um, that will help us evaluate what's out there and also help us when we want to add more, add them in a, a more informed way. Vice Chair
1: Keeler has his hand up.
4: Yeah, I'm. I'm also wondering what will be done to keep, I, uh, the, the the tendency, especially for downtown Ann Arbor as of late, is that they're using all the sidewalk space and it's very difficult for such as I with a uh, uh, visual disability trying to get through there with a cane, um, you know, widening or or making a special. Making a a spot where people can actually go through instead of weave through tables. I mean, there's nothing nothing more upsetting than trying to get through that that mob downtown and and try not to land your your elbow in somebody's lunch or something. Thank you. Vice. So that's the question: Is it going to be anything to do to make it? Make I guess I guess the the term would be making corridors to go through there.
7: Yeah, and
1: you know,
4: corridors to go through those tables and whatnot. Make sure that those are left open.
7: Sure. And um, Mr. Keeler, uh, that uh, sidewalk occupancy permit is something that's issued um, through the city and enforced by the city, but where it would have a role with our work. Um, I believe is, um, you know, as we saw during COVID and then the time since then with street closures, more and more businesses are wanting to expand and onto the sidewalk or into the the parking lane. So that's good feedback as we think about how to weave those other uses, maybe not access uses, but other uses into um,
1: the block face as well. Um, Commissioner Mosak has a question.
0: Yes, thank you. And I completely uh, applaud Commissioner Solomon and Keeler for the points that they raised. I agree with them. For me, myself, I'm concerned about the accessible handicap spots. Most particularly, I have not uh, really had the opportunity to take my accessible van downtown. Uh, I choose not to because it's such a service. Uh, but some things that I have found very other businesses or other cities is that i will pull into a curbside accessible spot open up my door to drop my my lift or my i have a ramp actually and the ramp can't extend because there's a tree or there is the um the the payments thing or whatever so when you're looking at these express uh, accessible spots please know that it's not just for somebody who has ambulatory issues that may need a walker or a cane and can get out their driver's side door to access the the sidewalk. But they also may need to exit on the passenger side of the car with their ramp and they need to be able to unload uh, and not run into any sort of uh, impediment.
7: Absolutely. And I don't know, Jim or Chrissy, if you have some um information about how other cities are doing that I know I have seen some communities that do a curb cut on that side to make them um, you know more truly in a, a, a fully accessible space so I'm guessing that will be part of what you share with us
9: yeah and that's part of what we'll look at is um, can we do a curb cut on the passenger side and just like you're saying remove all the street furniture and um, really look at not just the space at the curb but into the sidewalk, and what does accessibility look like the whole um, the whole way within the sidewalk
1: space?
2: Well, absolutely. And thank you all for you know your continue, your continued efforts uh, in this particular project. I think it's paramount in terms of accessibility going forward. Uh, as you both mentioned you know when you do those focus groups and those particular uh, gathering of numbers uh, and statistics later on um, it is our hope that you can keep the commission on disability issues uh, you know in mind uh, when looking uh, to gather further feedback on this particular development
7: yes absolutely and um, you know with your permission I may work to get on your agenda at some point again in the future Um, with an update, or if we really start to have, um, some concrete things that that we'd like you to respond to. So again, I, I really appreciate the time today. I've taken some notes and I'll, I'll connect with Jim and Christy and my other colleagues here at the DDA to follow up.
2: Wonderful. Thank you so much. I just wanted to offer it. uh, does any other commissioner have any other comments, um, before we move forward? All right. Well, thank you again all for your efforts and we do appreciate your time today thank you
8: thank you very much
1: have a great afternoon absolutely thank you you.
2: um moving forward um i just wanted to uh ask denise denise um, did we have any other uh, commissioners join at this time or do we still not have a quorum
1: No other commissioners have joined, sorry about that. No other commissioners
6: have joined at this time. So we're still lacking them.
2: No problem. Uh, Before we move on to our presentations, I realized I skipped over the public comments. So I just wanted to uh, reach out uh, to those viewing the meeting uh, today and see if there were any viewers uh, or people uh, watching the meeting today live, if they wanted to chime in for any type of public comment at this time. Uh, again, you can do so uh, by visiting uh, online at a2gov.org slash watch uh, And to speak at the public comment, you can call the number 877-853-5247 or 888-788-0099 and enter meeting ID 919-8673-1455. So please do so at this time. We'll give you Uh, just a brief time uh, to do so.
1: I don't have anyone
2: presently. Thank you, I appreciate that. Just wanted to uh, make sure that we gave uh, public comment its due opportunity. Um, Moving forward on to our special presentations, um, I'd like to uh, move on to the presentation for the Washtenaw Library for the Blind and Physically Disabled with Katie Monkevich. So welcome, Katie.
10: Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. I want you to tell you about some events that we have coming up at the library. And I was just looking, and there are just a ton of events coming up at AADL this fall. So be sure to check out the calendar at aadl.org slash events. It seems like we're getting back to regular times. It's, it's really nice to be able to look at that full calendar. So I definitely encourage you to check it out. But here are some highlights. Um, We have a sensory-friendly story time coming up on Saturday, October 8th, from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. at the Westgate branch. This is for ages 3 to 7. And this is a special story time that includes 20 minutes of interactive stories, rhymes, and movement, plus 40 minutes of adaptive free play. And this event is designed for young listeners who find our other story times overwhelming. We also have Healing with Poetry and Journaling with Leslie McGraw on Saturday, October 15th from 1 to 2.30 p.m. at the Westgate Branch. We'll be joining poet and presenter Leslie McGraw for an hour and a half long workshop to learn about various journaling techniques, how to mine journals for patterns, poems, and stories, how to review poems for connection as opposed to scholarly review, and engage in a couple of guided reflections. Participants may bring their own notebook or journal and something to write with, but we will also provide materials at this event. And then we are having Exploring the Mind, Psychiatric Disorders Among LGBTQ plus People, What It Means to Be a Minoritized Human. And that's Monday, October 17th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. and that'll be at the Downtown Library. Craig Rodriguez Sejas, assistant professor of psychology, will present some of his latest research. Dr. Rodriguez Sejas's research interests lie in one, understanding the nature of psychopathology, and two, investigating the ways in which stigma, discrimination, and marginalization impact the manifestation, assessment, conceptualization, and treatment of psychopathology. More information about his research focus can be found on his lab website, which is the Stigma Psychopathology and Assessment, or SPLAT, lab. And, yeah, okay. Okay, to talk more about some of the materials that we have, before I get into that, I just want to remind people that Washtenaw Library for the Blind and Print Disabled patrons can order digital cartridges by calling us at 734-327- 4224, uh, or you can email us at wlbpdaadl.org. At and to sign up for the Braille and audio reading service called BARD, you can download your own books. To sign up for that, you can visit their website at nlsbard.loc.gov, or just call us and we can help you get to that website or assist you with the application. A couple of books that have recently been added to Bard are Smashing Statues, The Rise and Fall of America's Public Monuments by Aaron L. Thompson. An urgent and fractious national debate over public monuments has erupted in America. Some people risk imprisonment to tear down long ignored hunks of marble. Others form armed patrols to defend them. Why do we care so much about statues? and who gets to decide which one should stay up and which one should come down. How to Write a Mystery, a handbook for Mystery Writers of America by Lori R. King and Lee Child. Guide to Writing Mysteries, compiled by the writing organization dedicated to the genre, comprising essays by practicing authors, including Craig Johnson, Allison Brennan, Caroline and Charles Todd, Rachel Housell hall and Tess Gerritsen. Topics include craft issues, distinguishing between subgenres, sub, subgenres, and publishing your work. And finally, Fly Girl, a memoir by Ann Hood, an entertaining and fascinating memoir of gifted storyteller Anne Hood's adventurous years as a, as a TWA flight attendant. In 1978, in the tailwind of the golden age of air travel, Flight attendants were the epitome of glamour and sophistication. Fresh out of college and hungry to experience the world, and maybe one day write about it, and Hood joined their ranks. After a grueling job search, Hood survived TWA's rigorous rigorous Breach Training Academy and learned to evacuate seven kinds of aircraft, deliver a baby, mix proper cocktails, administer oxygen, and stay calm no matter what the situation. In the air, Hood found both the adventure she she dreamt of and the unexpected realities of life on the job. And that is all that I have for y'all today. Does anybody have any questions or comments for me?
6: Yes, um, Commissioner Keeler has a question. Also, Commissioner Mosak. Go ahead, Larry.
4: Question in a com? Question and a comment. The the comment is, I've heard. I've, yeah, I've noticed over the summer the. I've directly or indirectly referred a fair amount of people to, get to the library service and they love it. That's the comment. Yay. They love it. <laughs> and the question is, what's up with Bard? They've only put up maybe 20 books titles in the last two or three weeks. Mm, I haven't... Is that is, is it just because they're not staffed well, or is it because there is not getting enough stuff?
10: You know, I'd heard something about this a couple of months ago about them being a little bit slow and then it picked up again. So I'm wondering if they're just going through another period where it's a little bit slow. Um, I do know the website has been down sporadically recently. So I got to say, I don't have a hundred percent clear answer for you, Larry. But um, if you notice in like another month that the, um, the, books are still really being slowly added to the website why don't you shoot me an email and I can investigate that for you
4: I will because I'm I'm on there all the time actually yeah yeah yeah.
10: I can look into it for sure I um but give it like a couple weeks and let me know if it's still happening
4: okay I'm just yeah curious about what's going on with the staff. if it's been understaffed or something you know
10: yeah I'm not sure
8: Is it
1: okay?
0: So, my question is with the um, with the things that we were talking about at the beginning, with regards to attending different events, and with people still being immunocompromised, we're still going up and down on the high list and low list here in Ann Arbor with COVID and all of that. Are you going to offer an option where it can be viewed online, or will you record it and post it later? Uh, Just, I'm I'm concerned.
10: So I totally valid concern. And I do think that that depends on the event. I know we are still doing some things that are on zoom. We definitely have those as an option. And then I think uh, it depends on the presenter, whether or not we end up recording things that are done in person uh, generally. So there are a couple of different things that go into that decision, but I would definitely check you, if you're concerned about coming to the library, check out what we're still doing on Zoom, because we do have a still a pretty good program lineup there, as well as an alternative.
1: Commissioner mm-hmm.
3: uh, <laughs> Yeah, more or less just to second what Kathleen said, which is you know, that journaling presentation sounded really interesting and intriguing, but I don't know if I want to be in a room with, um, given the medication that I'm on, I don't know if I want to be in a room with a bunch of folks that don't know their story. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just if you could kind of just share that with co-organizers, like yep. hybrid events, you know, especially can be enjoyed asynchronously, you're going to get more eyes on it. So just a thought and um, yeah, depending on what infrastructure is there, um, I would urge you to, you know, think forward hybrid.
10: Absolutely. I appreciate both of your comments and we'll definitely pass them along to our administration for sure.
2: Thank you very much. Um, Any other comments for Katie at this time? All right, well, Katie, uh, as always, I'd like to thank you and the Ann Arbor District Library staff for everything that you do. Uh, we're very, very grateful and uh, just thank you for all your efforts.
10: Well, you're welcome. And thank you all so much for having me as always. It's so wonderful to be here. We'll see you next time.
1: All right, thank you. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. the meeting. Go ahead, Denise. I'm sorry. I got cut off. What was that? I'm sorry. Commissioner Hawkins has joined our meeting. We have a quorum.
9: Wonderful. My, my apologies for the delay. I had a patient matter that took a lot longer than I thought it would. So thank you guys.
2: No problem. Uh, we were just in the presentation portions of the agenda, but I hope that um, ms blair and the ann arbor center for independent living if they don't mind uh because we do have a quorum i'd like to go uh, up to our uh our approval items and our uh, voting items really quickly so that those are uh recorded and that we're able to approve those um because that i think is is paramount so uh, i hope that's okay with everyone but first of all i'd like to um just get a um motion to uh, approve today's agenda. Um, I know we're, we're, we were going through uh, the agenda and sort of trying to move forward, um, but is there a motion to approve the agenda? Uh, and is there a second?
4: I'll move to approve.
2: All right, Larry moves to approve. Is there a second? Okay, Kathleen seconds. All right, I'm um, all in favor of Uh, approving today's agenda. uh, If you could just unmute uh, and um, say aye.
1: Aye. 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 Aye.
2: Wonderful. Thank you all, I do appreciate that. Uh, Next, um, we have the approval uh, of the meeting minutes and that has been put uh, in our agenda today. We're gonna be approving both the meeting minutes uh, from May uh And June, and of course, uh there are direct links to those minutes, so I just want to give our commissioners a couple of uh i'm no pun intended, but a couple of minutes uh to review those minutes uh if there are any corrections uh to be made in those uh before approval, please let us know uh at this time. I'll give you a couple of minutes to do that, and then we'll
1: uh make a motion.
0: I have a quick question for Janice. Would that be all right? Sure. My right. question is uh, on the agenda. When I clicked on to see certain reports, it took me to the city website. I would click on the report, and it would not show me the report or what I was trying to view. It would ask me to sign in. Um, I don't know how to do that, oh, and well, I don't mind.
1: To... So, you please tell me if you can what link that is.
0: I was trying to look at the CFDC, so I clicked on the link for, let's say, June, August, July. And when I clicked it on, it took me to the city at and then it showed me the reports, and then you could click on the report you wanted. And when I clicked it on, I got the wheel of death, and I got a little blue uh, box that said, sign in.
6: No report. I have to check that out. That shouldn't have happened. I don't know why that happened,
2: So Thank you. Um, Commissioner Mozak that's that's important to note and uh, Denise, I do appreciate your efforts. I think those links uh, are helpful uh, when they do work. so uh, thank you for that and uh, thank you Denise or um, <laughs> Kathleen for bringing that to our attention. I do appreciate it. Um, okay so at this point, um, do we have a motion to approve um, the both May and June meeting minutes? So moved. Okay, so moved. Um, is there no. a seconded? All right, Mary seconds. Um, all in favor of approving the May and June meeting minutes for the commission. Um, if in favor, please unmute and say aye.
1: aye. Aye. Aye.
2: All right. Approved. Thank you all. I do appreciate. Uh, do appreciate that. Uh, with that, um, we can now move ba- uh, back to our current uh, agenda item, which is the presentation um, by Ms. Blair with the Ann Arbor Center for Independent Living. So uh, welcome, Joy.
11: Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. The Ann Arbor Center for Independent Living uh, is beginning a new social group called the Oreo Club. It's an organized recreational eating and discussion. It is, um, what do you think it's about? It's about eating together and talking about cookies. Um, and people can pick up from the center. They can pick up a package of cookies and milk. Um, we'll create Oreo themed artwork and collaborate on a customized Oreo order to share. Um, There will be a different flavor each month, and it's a way to connect with other people and engage in great discussions. The first meeting will be this Friday, September 23rd, from 3 to 4 p.m., and Oreo Club meets on the third Friday of every month virtually via Zoom. Um, All of the events that I'm going to announce this afternoon are accessible through our website at www.aacil.org. The person that is the coordinator for this group is Claire Moore, and she can be reached at c m o o r e at a a c i l The next uh, sort of new uh, support group is Your World: Navigating Life with Blindness and Low Vision. Um, we're this group is a. Uh, welcoming discussion group for people who are blind or experiencing vision loss. Topics will be participant driven and sessions will empower group members to embrace their self identities and individuality as people with low vision while strengthening belonging and community inclusion. Group facilitators are professionals from a wide range of backgrounds who experience blindness or vision loss. Assistive technology support will be available The next meeting is Wednesday, October the 5th at 12 noon on the group meets on the first Wednesday of every month at 12 noon Um, to RSVP call the center at 734-971-0277 and ask for Renee or email R E C H O L S at AACIL.org. The next support group I'd like to announce is Safe Connections. Safe Connections is the CIL's discussion group for those people experiencing toxic or unhealthy relationships. Um, You can join in this group for a safe talk about making relationships positive and healthy. Um, And it is geared toward people with intellectual or developmental disabilities. Things that are discussed are making better decisions with dating and relationships, ideas to make your relationships positive, and improving your communication about sex and gender identity and expression. This group meets Wednesdays, 6 to 8 p.m. through November the 2nd, 2022. You must be 18 or older with an intellectual or developmental disability to participate. The group is led by three staff members, Shannon Clark, Izzy Bullock, and Katie Oswald. For information, email Izzy at I-B-U-L-L-O-C-K at AACIL.org. Next, we have a virtual movie club where people can watch a movie and then have a conversation. Um, And it's geared toward just encouraging people, beating the at-home blues, uh, how does it work each week uh, a movie is watched on your own time and then the club gets together virtually to talk about it and have fun it's that easy movie club sessions include trivia and thought-provoking questions and lots of laughter this group meets thursdays 4 to 5 p.m and the week of uh, tomorrow is the next meeting the movie will be pan um, the week of september 29th the movie club on break. Uh, is is on break that week, and then the week of October 6th, A Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. For more information, please RSVP to Anna at aacil.org. The CIL has art program in person and online. Um, Join for art in a relaxed social environment, rotating through different media. We explore new materials and techniques in a guided manner. Uh, no previous experience is necessary, whether you're joining online from home or in person. There's no special equipment or supplies needed. The CIO will make sure you have everything that is needed. Um, in person art class happens on Mondays 1 30 to 3 30 p.m. at the center, um, and that's 3941 Research Park Drive, Ann Arbor 48108. Um, the, uh, these that I have in front of me have already passed, but Mondays, one thirty to 3.30 in person. Virtual art class are Tuesdays, one thirty to 3.00 and open studio uh, where you can have your own creativity are Thursdays, one thirty to 3.00 p.m. And that one is virtual as well. Um, For more information, contact Claire Moore at cmore at org. Trivia Tuesdays. More arts and recreation. Get silly, get goofy, and most of all, put on your thinking cap. Every Tuesday, we get together to play trivia. Whether you like easy questions or the tough ones, join us for some Tuesday fun. We also talk about ideas and solutions and problem solving for whatever disability-related challenges a person may have. On Zoom, participate online or by phone. That happens Tuesdays, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. For more information, email anna at aacil.org. A-N-N-A is how her name is spelled. Um, be active at home spirit club, inclusive fitness on Zoom. Are you looking to stay active at home and connect with others? Our fitness club on Zoom welcomes all abilities with three different adaptations of exercises all on one screen. Participants are welcome to do the workout as presented or modify it as they are comfortable. For the fall the fall season started on September the 12th and the group meets Mondays and Wednesdays 4 to 5 p.m. Next is uh, Monday, September 26th, and at that, day, that day will be yoga. And then on the 28th, it'll be cardio fitness. For more information, email Mark Himes at M-H-Y-M-E-S at aaci The Spinal Cord Injury Virtual Meetup Group uh, meets on Tuesday, October 11th, 12 to 1.30 next. This is for people living with a spinal cord injury, and it can um, be an encouraging group and um, peer support for tackling your own needs and providing help and advice to others. Uh, For more information, contact tom, T O M, at aacil.org. The Disability Community Action Lab, or DCAL, most recently met today. Um, DECAL is an advocacy group, and we have discussions about important issues facing the disability community. Um, It is a collaborative group that takes action on issues um, that are are current. Today, we talked about home and community-based services. In this program, you will connect with others who care about similar issues and develop plans to make a difference by advocating for others. Um, the third Wednesday of every month is when this group meets, 12 to 1.30 p.m. The next meeting is October 19th, 2022, from 12 to 1.30 p.m. For more information, please email Elliot Carter at E-C-A-R-T-E-R at A-A-C-I-L dot org. And there's one other group that I want to announce, and that is the um, multiple sclerosis group. Just a moment. It's a support group run by Jody Burton Sloan, a member of the community. And uh, that group meets virtually on Mondays, 7 to 8.30 p.m. Jody can be reached at 734 six six three zero seven eight five and that concludes the activities announcements for the ann arbor center for independent living thank
2: you thank you miss blair quite a bit going on at the home away from home
11: yeah
2: yeah in the community uh amazing amazing things and i have to say oreo is one of my favorite cookies (laughs) Uh, so very excited for that one absolutely Uh, thank you so much, Joyce. And more information, folks, please feel free to visit aacil.org. I uh, definitely appreciate uh, all the efforts uh, all and you of your staff do there. So thank you. Does anyone have any questions for Joyce and the Ann Arbor Center for Independent Living at this time?
1: All righty. Okay, thank you, Joyce. Way. Appreciate hmm.
2: it. Okay. All right. Next we have our partners in access and community engagement uh, report uh, with Alex and Rachel. Um, Good afternoon
7: again, everybody. I'm sure Rachel has some updates for CTN, but uh, the partners in access group has not met uh, recently. And so we don't have a report at this time, Um, unless Larry, you were able to meet with a couple folks. I'm not sure.
4: Uh, Nope, it was just me and I figured Instead of talking to myself, I just canceled last month.
1: So we'll we'll plan to restart those in earnest um, in, in in October.
9: Um, in regards to Ann Arbor Inclusive, um, so there are. Um, they have uh, their number 70 show um, from August out with Abelize, um, which is a virtual tour hosting site that allows users of varying abilities the opportunity to see and explore places prior to visiting them using virtual tours. Um, and then uh, their September um. The September Ann Arbor Inclusive um, was was with Jessica Kreider. Um, She's one of the guests, and it was focused on uh, mental health challenges um, and how that interacts with disability, specifically talking about generalized anxiety disorder. Um, And both of those um, shows are now available on YouTube. The next show is still to be determined. Um, So we will announce that when we have more information.
2: Wonderful. Thank you, Rachel. And thank you to Tom Holtland and producer Linda Television Network of Ann Arbor for all the work that they're doing with Ann Arbor Inclusive. And by the way, congratulations to our flagship program uh, with the Commission on Disability Issues in Ann Arbor Inclusive on their Philo Award. Uh, they recently won a Philo Award this year uh, under the professional category. So congratulations to them and the work that they've done awesome job all right uh moving on we have recruiting activity uh with larry keeler
4: that would be me um <clears throat> so this summer reached out to a couple of people i i heard back from one and i've we gotta make contact again tomorrow my life has been busy the last couple weeks with. Uh, wife in the hospital, doc, not, not feeling good and all kinds of other stuff. but I have time tomorrow to reach out and, and recontact that contact that got a hold of us. And, uh, through the summer, we've had a couple of meetings, uh, uh Zach and I, and I think Rachel was in there. Uh, we had a couple of meetings and, uh, we're discussing recruiting strategies and, and, uh, various things uh for recruiting and that's going to come up later on on the agenda i'm sure so we'll wait for that
2: all right absolutely thank you larry and i'm so sorry to hear uh about the news uh personal news for you uh but definitely uh you know send you good vibes absolutely um Next uh we're actually going to keep it with you Barry for now. Uh, the- uh oh, we're going to keep it with me.
4: Yeah. Yep, Transportation Commission commission meeting. Well, the Transportation Commission, they met last uh, uh they've been meeting every month but the last I took the notes for the 17th of the last month because uh I figured everything would come out. And I I I'm I'm aware that we also have uh, notes attached to the agenda. Um, and we had, um, what some of the things that were talked about in the meeting though, were uh, they're uh, banning right, and they're trying to ban right-hand turns downtown. And uh, they're trying to do that for bike safety and people's safety and they're trying to uh, they're also they also want to slow down the traffic going through downtown, and they want to uh, stop it from cutting out into uh, other neighborhoods. You know, using it as the other neighborhoods as a cut through, and uh, uh, apparently they're going to try to take AATA a- 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 T- a into account for the uh,
1: the. Um, <sighs>
4: they're going to try to take AAATA into account as far as, you know, wh- where the turns are and where they can drop off. And apparently the, the runs, re- the resolution, I'm not sure if it passed or not, but it was going to pass. And go to council. So I don't know if council has got that or not. And there, oh, I, I, you know, I ran the traffic calming right in there. The traffic coming is the idea of, of trying to slow the uh, traffic down and, and um, reduce the speed through traffic to encourage uh, to, to make it safe for people to go through and uh, then I've got the, uh, we, the city's got some federal money and they're going to work on that for uh, with their safety plan and I asked them for you know going to work on it with Vision Zero and, and make streets safe and paths that uh with connectors If as the grant passes it will also include um APSs for crosswalks and and it'll uh sidewalk construction and uh they also talked about the cur- the curb project so I won't go there because we had a presentation there and that covered all that uh, needed to be covered there Thank you, and uh, Oop, go ahead. And the, the other thing is, there's there's some some of the construction is still going on on places like Packard and uh, Carpenter, and that's a little slow. But apparently, the construction um, the construction on in Parkway and Division is is pretty much on time, and that's about it. If anything else will be in the notes. But- i was just going to say that larry you've covered quite a bit i will take better i will take more concise notes though i noticed i was having an issue but um yeah it worked out good i'll be taking some notes and oh incidentally the uh the next meeting is tonight at seven
2: all right well thank you so much larry again for that very detailed uh report and as larry mentioned all the other uh information Uh, Is located within the agenda. Uh, Moving down, uh, we have the U of M Council for Disability Concerns meeting with Kathleen.
0: Hello, everyone. So the uh, council met three times uh, since we have, uh, and we didn't. So I'll go ahead and give you a quick report. It was each uh, meeting was hyper-focused on pretty much the same issue. So in July, we had the accountability, uh, the accessibility team with Phil Deaton and Kurt Murmers. They talked about electronic information technology and accessibility that took up the entire uh, meeting. In August, we had Colleen Van Lent who spoke about the SSD and the forms and accommodations, instructions for those. And she focused in on uh, testing accommodations as well, which led to our September meeting. Our guests were um, Alan Sheffield, uh, Marion Spain, and Rachel Zahan. And they pre- their presentation focused on academic support for students with disabilities, as well as testing accommodations. And all of these... Uh, we're attached to our agenda. There's a lot of really good information in there, more information that I would be able to share today. So if you have an interest in any of those things, I highly recommend you check it out. And that's pretty much the focus of all the meetings so far. The next meeting is October, I believe October 11th on Tuesday, and it will be via Zoom and they take place at noon.
2: Thank you so much, Kathleen. and. Um, you know, again, as I say uh, quite often, thank you to the U of M Council for Disability Concerns for all that they do, not just for the university campus, but for the community uh, at large. Uh, next, I'd like to move Good down. question, sorry. Oh, I'm Quick sorry. Quick follow-up. Sorry, um,
3: Kathleen, can you repeat again how to access that more detailed information and also when the regularly scheduled meetings occur?
0: So um, Denise is going to look into the access issues that we I was having with the Ann Arbor page, but all of the um, all of the notes were sent to Denise and posted on the website, and there are links in all of those. So when you click on the June meeting, it will have a detailed list of what happened during the June meetings and if there were any. Uh, links that needed for like SSD or TAC, which is the testing accommodation center. All of that will be in each individual set. Um, so hopefully we'll get that figured out and you can check it out there. If we're not and able that, to do that, Matthew, you can contact me and I can email them to you directly if you wish.
3: Let's try and see what we can get the first way. And um, the, the meetings take place on Zoom. What, what is the appointed day and at time?
0: It's the second Tuesday of every month. It's at noon. And I believe if you go to the CFDC website, is that is where you will be able to get the connection for Zoom.
3: Second Tuesday of every month, CFDC. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
0: No worries, Matthew.
2: All right. Any other quick comments for Commissioner Mozak at this time? All right. Moving on, uh, I'd like to go to the city personnel report with Denise. Good
6: afternoon. Um, Personnel update, Tracy Anderson, engineering civil engineer, is welcoming. Leanne Belkinum, 15th District Court, bailiff. Carrot Brown, Jr., Building and Rental Services, Development Service Inspector. Christopher Sapis. Engineering Management Assistant, Hyatt Charter Cure, Downtown Development Authority, Accounting and Procurement, Steve Cummings, Water Treatment Services, Environmental Lab Analysis, Travis Kepner, Public Works Technician, Madeline Kramer, Finance and Administrative Services, Public Service Administrator, Administrative Assistant, David Murray, Public Service Administration, Finance and Analysis. All new staff to Ann Arbor. And our retirement farewell to, Gianna, Bana Marita, Fire Inspector, Steven Dye, Senior Police Officer, and uh, Christine Scaporé, Sustainability and Innovation Management
1: Assistant.
2: Well, thank you, Denise, for that report. Welcome. Welcome to all the new staff and to all those who are retiring. Congratulations. And we wish them all the best uh, in their twilight. Absolutely. Um, next, we have the chair report. So what I have to report uh, basically uh, for this coming month, and I'll touch on this a little bit uh, later down in the agenda, but you know, I'd really like to uh, just let you guys know that I'm open to you know any different types of uh, just suggestions going into the fall um but you know i'll discuss this a little bit more but as larry touched on in recruiting uh he and i uh as well as uh our councilwoman uh elizabeth nelson uh we did discuss uh forming a recruitment committee uh, so that the recruitment aspects of uh just interviewing candidates and looking at uh, the individuals that are applying uh, doesn't fall all on the shoulders of Larry. Uh, So hopefully that can be something uh, that when brought up here in a few moments, uh, all of us can be in agreement that uh, kind of forming a recruitment committee uh, can be something uh, that can be done. And uh, we can also agree uh, to kind of meet and review those applications and then conduct brief interviews with those candidates uh, before uh, including them on the commission Uh, next. I just wanted to point out that uh, I do appreciate all the commissioners' uh, attendance and support. I do have, I would like to stress again uh, that all the although, although do things come up uh and we know that uh you know this is a civil servant position and volunteer it is paramount that commissioners that do hold the seat uh you know if they cannot make it uh, or they you know are missing meetings for some reason that they let myself and or Denise know, uh, because of course, without having a quorum, uh, it is difficult for us to, as a commission, uh, vote on the things uh, that we need to to be able to uh, get our work done. So I do stress for any of those commissioners that um you know are having issues, uh, just kind of having regular attendance uh, or you know fulfilling their duty uh, as a commissioner when they were sworn in. Uh, please feel free to reach out to myself and or Denise, and we can discuss uh, those challenges that you're facing. That's all I have for the chair report at this time. And thank you all uh, for listening. Uh, Next, I'd like to move on uh, to discuss some old business. So the first uh, point of old business, um, I tried to include all the commissioners that were involved in this conversation uh, during the summer and a few months back. Of course, uh, other commissioners were involved in this as well, and we thought it was paramount uh, that we, uh, you know, lobby to get a city ADA coordinator position uh, with the city. I am very uh, glad to report uh, that the city uh, administrator, uh, Milton Dahoney has also agreed to this point. Uh, We are, you know, in the process uh, of moving forward with that decision. Uh, There's a new uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion position that has been hired, uh, and that person uh, will then oversee uh, this new position of ADA coordinator. Uh, That new diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, individual who has been hired will be in contact with the commission uh, to sort of help us move this uh, forward. So I'm very excited to announce that they have agreed uh, to, you know, Add this position and that they will move forward with the new Officer of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion in Ann Arbor uh, to help oversee this process as well as the hiring process for a city ADA coordinator. And as soon as more information is communicated to me on that, uh, I will also fill uh, all of you in on that. And I'd like to give uh, kudos to Councilwoman Nelson uh, as well as the other commissioners involved uh, for. Uh, You're helping this and you're supporting this. And I consider this a huge victory. So thank you to all of you. Um, Moving forward, uh, I did touch on it a little bit in the chair report, but just want to touch on it again. As far as meeting attendance goes, you guys, I just want to stress again, super important uh, that if you cannot make it, no big deal. Uh, Please let myself know and or Denise know ahead of time if you cannot. And uh, I'd like to stress that Of course, even though things do come up, uh, meeting attendance is important because without a quorum, we cannot even get our agenda or meeting minutes approved and things like that. Uh, So it does kind of hold up our due processes uh, by not having a quorum. So, again, if anyone is having any issues with attendance and they want to say, you know what, I just am having an issue, I cannot make, uh, you know, meetings regularly, please feel free to be open and, and let us know about that. Uh, You know, kind of off air here, and we can discuss that as well. You know, this is a civil servant position, it is volunteer, so we do understand things come up. But if it's a regular occurrence, uh, let us know, and and hopefully we can address that. But it is important that we have regular attendance. Um, Let's see, new business. I did touch on it a little bit earlier Uh, in the chair report. um, I'd like to bring forward creating a recruitment. Uh, Committee. Now, discussion of the recruitment committee. uh, Again, I'd like to stress that I don't think that this would be a huge commitment uh, for those willing to participate uh, in this commitment. I think that this would entail uh, just reviewing the applications uh, that come in as needed uh, as recruitment comes in, and then scheduling a time to meet, whether virtually and or in person, uh, to kind of review these applications. Uh, discuss them and then be able to put the best qualified candidate, uh, forward to the commission, uh, to be voted on and, uh, accepted onto the commission. Uh, I think that this is something that, um, you know, is needed, uh, for our recruiting, uh, to kind of help things along and Larry being the recruiting specialist that you are, do you have any additional comments on this?
4: Hey, I have, uh, uh, A comment that goes into this comment. I was trying to unmute earlier and my phone does weird things and sometimes it won't let me unmute. But I think that uh one and address address to your previous issue on old business. I would urge the commissioners that some of the commissioners that don't that can't attend that very often to um whether they want to want to be part of the commission. Don't don't attend too often. And if they if they don't, to let us know so that the second part of this can fill their seat If some of the a couple of the people that do not have the
1: uh,
4: time or ability
1: to be on the commission
4: anymore and just are there, let us know if you don't want to. And um. So we can fill your seat with this second part. And the second part of this is I can definitely use the help. I would, you know, want to cure it. That's fine. I'll cure it. That's fine. But I can use the help in getting uh, some of these things taken care of because, like, for example, the last couple of weeks I haven't really thought much about it. All the other stuff going on now because I don't think it's important. Um, So, yeah, I can use the help with that
2: okay larry and thank you and i just wanted to let you know you were sounding a little bit muffled there so uh, uh just to reiterate um you know yes the attendance is important and you know if current commissioners uh on a regular basis are not able to meet uh to just let us know uh so that we can move forward and uh, filling those seats and then as far as yes the recruitment committee I just want to see from all of you on the commission uh, whether we think that forming a recruiting committee Uh, would be something that all of us would agree to, Uh, and if we do, um, you know, is that something that we can vote on today, or should we table this and wait to the next meeting? Uh, Kathleen, you have a question?
0: I do. I'm wondering if our recruitment process, we've thought about using social media, Twitter, Facebook, that sort of thing to get a broader audience. Um, I have to confess that I didn't even know when I was, I lived in the city for about six years. I didn't know that such a commission existed until I was having access issues and somebody directed me to the commission. And so it may not be on people's radars. And I just think that we need to be broader with our, with our recruiting.
2: I completely agree with you. And on that point, we've discussed that uh, just a little bit. And I think uh, approaching the city uh, communications office about creating an Instagram, a Facebook account, and or a Twitter for the Commission on Disability Issues, I think is definitely within their wheelhouse uh, to do. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily our responsibility uh, as commissioners to to form that. Uh, I think it's on, you know, it's a city entity. And I think, uh, you know, if we present it to the city, uh, in a kind way, uh, that we need assistance with marketing, uh, that hopefully they'll be able to uh, to help us with that. I agree with you. I think having a Facebook page uh, that has, you know, a weekly post about things that what we're doing, I think having an Instagram that also has the same, uh, and I think also maybe possibly having a Twitter with hashtag Kodai uh, could be beneficial as well and helping get the word out, especially when we're recruiting. So I'm hoping uh, that the city, uh you know marketing and communications uh, affiliates uh, within the city can be open to helping us with that and um yeah we'll definitely be approaching them and um i will definitely let you know what they say so great point Kathleen. absolutely um so i wanted to ask the commission um you know how do we all feel about you know creating a recruiting committee uh is this something that uh you know we want to vote on to sort of create uh or do we want to just have individuals you know contact myself uh, and larry if they're interested in joining this committee and then still have larry uh, uh you know report on recruiting activity uh what do you all think is sort of the best method should we you know have recruiting be be a committee or uh just have larry continue to report but then have those individuals uh, meet with him any
4: feedback on this? I'm having trouble raising my hand, oh, okay. but I would move that we create an official committee and we could meet once a month or s- such a thing and, and uh, go over any recruiting prospects.
2: Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally, you know, my opinion of that, I think that that's beneficial. Um, do, what do, you, do all of you on the commission, uh, do all of you agree with that? So that's a motion. Miranda. That's a motion. And I would second it.: And so motion. we could second it and discuss it. I second
4: it. If motion. we want.
2: Yes, thank you. So I'd, um, you know, I'll make a motion. Now it's
4: discussion time.
2: I'm sorry, Larry, go ahead.
4: I said, now, I just said, now it's discussion time. Good. So, you you know, when you make the motion, then you second it and put it up for discussion.
2: Yes, there's a bit of talking over, so it gets confusing. I do apologize. Um, Sorry. No problem. So, yeah, I think that's fine. I think that, uh, you know, we can have uh, a committee. So, are all in favor of uh, creating a recruiting committee? Uh, if you could unmute and say aye. 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 Okay. And uh, for those of you that are um, interested in joining this recruiting committee, uh, if you could um, please just email Larry and I um, and CC Denise if you'd like on who's interested in joining that. Uh, and then we can go about uh, planning those meetings on when those will be uh once a month so that we can get that scheduled. But thank you all for being I definitely appreciate it. And thank you, Larry, uh, for being the lead on that. Absolutely.
4: One more thing. I would suggest that we uh I would suggest that in our meetings that we go over applicants that come in. We go over processes, you know, how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna what are we gonna do for the interview? You know, how is the interview going to go? Um, how we're going to decide who we want and that kind of thing. That's that's all going to be taken care of in the committee. That's some of it going to be our committee business,
2: I think. All of that can be discussed at the first meeting in terms of what the duties are, how we handle uh, those particular processes, and yes, how that goes forward.
4: Right. I'm just mentioning it so that anybody who wants to join with me will know what they're going to discuss the first
1: two meetings. Okay, absolutely. Thank you, Larry. All right. And of course, I
2: muted anything else on the recruiting committee uh, at this time. All right. So next, I just wanted to mention um, the communication. So I wanted to let you guys know that from now on, the Uh, Commission on Disability Issues uh, calendar will be noted in the agenda so that all of you uh, can have access to that. If for some reason that link does not work, uh, please let us know. Uh, But I think it's definitely helpful uh, to have, and that way we're all able to keep track uh, of our meetings. And of course, our next meeting, folks, is going to be Wednesday, October 19th. And so we'll all see you there on Zoom. Uh, And again, we look forward to uh discussing uh all the agenda items and continuing our work going forward uh before we adjourn uh is there any additional announcements or any uh new business anyone wants to discuss
4: i did forget in my report to mention that AAATA can start their five-year plan uh, plan now with uh, the the uh, millage pass the Mid- midlets getting ready to pass They're getting ready to start their five-year plan that was part of my uh transportation
2: report too okay thank you larry we'll uh put that in the notes thank you elizabeth you have yeah. your
5: yeah i just wanted to i have an update from council actually we um we had an agenda item that um will change the policies moving forward around masking at city council meetings I don't, I don't know that Ryan Stanton's written an article about it yet, but um, our policy has been to, we were just, had a mask requirement for city council meetings, uh, and we have a new policy that, I mean, I voted against it, um, we're going to follow the CDC guidelines, and the city administrator going to be given discretion to adjust the policies as he see, sees fit. Um, the staff at city hall are following CDC guidelines, so we have, um, other parts of the building where you know staff Monday through Friday are um, masking or not masking based on whether or it's uh, masking is optional depending on whether the community in uh, transmission rates are high or medium. Um, I actually was I I wondered if anybody in this room was aware of a website. Um, it's like what is it called? COVID Act now. I may mean, ask my my husband sitting next to me. I shared it with him. My workplace at, is, a, is, a, is a is a church that we post the COVID the COVID infection rates or like the, the 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 regular thing like high, medium, low on the door. And the masking policies at the in the building fluctuate depending on the the state of of things. Um my school is masking required. We're not fluctuating, but at any rate our city council meetings are now going to have a fluctuating standard. There's this there's this new website that is purporting to have COVID rates. Mm-hmm measured day by day as opposed to the weekly notice of washtenaw county um and i i i don't know I, at any rate i that's something that's
7: happening now at city hall
2: thank you councilwoman uh, for that information um you know that's definitely uh, interesting news to note uh, i'd be interested to know what what uh source is the best to know kind of uh, you know, where COVID uh, stands in the community at this point, and kind of what the best resource is, it seems like there's a lot out there. And, you know, it's it's kind of unclear as to, to you know, which is the, is the best source. So thank you uh, very much for that information. And my you know,
4: policy is when in doubt, pull it out. The mask. Anytime I'm in doubt, I pull it out. Okay. well
5: it was a mixed vote i mean there were several of us who said you know why why would you even change the masking policy when the community the community transmission rate is high well that was my argument and um we don't have a lot of the same the cdc has been motivated by a lot of factors to change the masking rules and requirements and we don't have those same kind of incentives we're not like attracting business or we don't have staffing issues where we have to change paul i you know, I, at least first in the context of our meetings I should say in the context of our city council meetings we can set whatever standard makes community members feel most comfortable joining our meetings and visiting our meetings so um
2: yeah thank you thank you councilwoman I do appreciate it and uh thank you all commissioners uh for your time I know we did go a little bit over five o'clock um so uh at five 28 uh, I'd like to adjourn our meeting at this time Uh, If anyone has any additional uh, information, please feel free uh, to reach out to myself uh, and or Denise and I will make sure uh, to address that. Uh, I would like to thank the City of Ann Arbor for their support. I'd like to thank the Community Television Network of Ann Arbor uh, for airing our meetings. And I'd like to thank, of course, all of you, the residents of our great city uh, for continuing to support us and help us make uh, Ann Arbor inclusive and accessible for all. Thank you all commissioners for your commitment. It really does make a difference. I appreciate you all and we'll see you in October.
1: Thank you.